Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Hello, everyone. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. Half an hour later, that is 100% my mistake. Uh, my special guest, Michelle Prince, and I were on separate time zones, and we're both very busy, so I own up to that. But anyway, here we are. I'm the founder of the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program, creator of Dream Business Academy, founder of No Hassle Newsletters, and I'm coming to you today from the beautiful city, Chesapeake City, Maryland. Well, that's a small town, actually. The very top of the Chesapeake Bay, so Again, we are back from the keys. So anyway, welcome to another fantastic live edition of Dream Business Radio. Again, my special guest is Michelle Prince. Michelle, how are you doing today? I, I, this is literally the first time we've seen each other in a year or two. I know. I know. I'm so good. And it is so good to see you. Although it feels like, you know, we keep in touch on social media. So it does feel like I've seen you more recently, but still. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, hey, folks, this episode of Dream Business Radio brought to you by the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program. Of course, my show, my sponsorship. <laughs> so if you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner who's tired of slow to no growth in your business, if you're feeling overwhelmed, unfocused, and especially if you want to learn how to create multiple streams of revenue, which makes you sleep like a baby, then you want to get into the Dream Business Mastermind led by me, Captain Jim, the Dream Business Coach. Go to dreambizcoaching, dreambizcoaching.com. Now, Michelle has quite an impressive resume. <laughs> she is a best-selling author, sought-after motivational speaker. She's a self-publishing expert, a life coach, CEO and founder of Performance Publishing Group, a partner publishing company dedicated to making a difference one story at a time. She's also known, this is way back when I, when I first met her, she's known as America's Productivity Coach. She is a certified human behavior consultant. So that's why she likes working with me because it's like an endless figuring out story there. Anyway, she, um, she's helping leaders around the world uh, use their strengths and talents and uh, to create extraordinary lives and exponentially grow their business. She has literally helped thousands of people become published authors through her consulting courses, seminars, and publishing services. And she's also the founder of the Bookbound Workshop, which takes place in Florida, Marco Island. Is that correct? Well, I've done it all over, but Captiva, I did it for a while. Now okay. we're back in Dallas, but hey, we'll be back to Florida soon. Good. I, I knew there was a special island there anyway. Um, she has published several books herself, including Winning in Life Now. And she's also an enthusiastic, dynamic speaker who captivates audience. And I can say that with 100% certainty because I've hired her twice to come speak to my groups at Dream Business Academy. Uh, one or two times, I think, was uh, San Diego. At least one of them. I forget. The, oh, I think the other one was Orlando. Anyway, yeah. Michelle has been endorsed by some of the most influential speakers in personal development, including one of my heroes, Zig Ziglar. In fact, she is actually a Zig Ziglar certified speaker trainer and is honored to be named the Ziglar brand ambassador. So that's why you got those nice glasses and everything. You're, you're the ambassador. <laughs> I could keep going. Her, her her resume could take me another 20 minutes. So we got to get Michelle. How are you doing, oh, my special friend? I am so good, Jim. It's so great to see you. So I basically told everybody your story, but 
Um, what's interesting to me is, um, so I got in business in 2001. Were, you were about the same time, I think? Initially? No, I started mine in 2009. So, oh. Yeah. No, you're just a young pup. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> what caused you to um, become an entrepreneur? And were, did you have the corporate job that you didn't like? Or what's that yes. story? Oh, my gosh. So the backstory is I did work for Zig right out of college. And so mm -hmm. clearly starting my career working for, you know, doing my passion. But I left to go into software sales. I did that for about 13 years. And in 2008, I was really just unfulfilled, unhappy. And I I knew I wanted to do, you know, get back to personal development and all that, but I really didn't know how. So I just wrote a book in 2009. And at the time I had no intention to share it with anyone because uh, frankly, I wrote it for my kids who were both in elementary school at the time. But that book is literally what opened up the doors to do what oh I'm doing gosh. today, full time speaking and coaching and seminars. Um, and, and then about a year after that is when I, I started the publishing company. Um, but I wish I could tell you, and, and I know you're a systems guy and a planner. I wish I could say I had this great business plan to do what I'm doing today. But it, it kind of came a little bit backwards. I didn't plan to be an entrepreneur, but my story opened up that opportunity. Me, a planner? I know what I'm doing tomorrow. That's about it. Oh, I thought, see, I thought you were Mr. Systems because you're, you're all about well, I figured. Well, I figured out how to work three days a week and still have my companies run on autopilot. So I must know something about that. Anyway, uh, what's it like? I mean, Zig Ziglar, when I, so when I was coming up, even before I became an entrepreneur, I was working for small businesses. And um, I mean, John Maxwell, Zig Ziglar, uh, there was a couple Brian others, Tracy. Brian Tracy, kind of the, yeah. the old dog, so to speak. Yeah. But one of the things I loved about Zig Ziglar was um, he just, he put it out there. No holds barred. He talked about, you know, the redhead. He dated his wife like every day, you know, um, he talked about his faith. He talked about if you're, you're not a success in business, if you're at the office, if you're not a success at home, he just put it all out there with his sales and business kind of acumen, so to speak. He totally did. He'd always talk about that home field advantage. And, yes. you know, I, I feel so incredibly blessed to have worked for him because he was one person on stage and I know everyone knows him to be bigger than life, but I've really never met anyone with so much integrity like and, and love for people. He truly, truly cared about people. He cared about helping them to be better. And um, so just an incredible person. And, and the family's continuing that legacy. Tom Ziegler's doing a fantastic job being CEO um, but he, it really doesn't get any better. I feel very, very, very fortunate to have seen, been around him when he was in his prime. So was Tom a big part of the business before or just in the later years or did he so grow up on Zig, so to speak? So, oh, literally, uh, yeah. he would always joke. It's been in his DNA his whole life, you know, to be <laughs> Zigglerized. But no, truly what's funny is, so when I started working at Ziggler, it was in 1994 and Tom was the VP of sales and I, I was in a sales role. So he was my boss. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> He's only, I don't know, 10 years older than me. So at the time, I mean, he didn't seem that, you know, it didn't seem like that big of a gap because we were, we were all so young, you know, yeah. but he, uh, but then of course he's been with the company since and he's CEO and doing a great job. So let's stay with the book publishing for a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, why, and I know the answer to this. I preach it all the time, but I want to hear from you. Why should people like ordinary small business owners tell their stories? Um, well, tell their stories in many ways, but especially in a book. 
Well, we have a mutual friend, Bob Berg, and he would say people do business with those they know, like, and trust. And truly, that is what a book is for. It's, it, it's, it's giving your prospects or clients the opportunity to get to know you. But I think it's important to know the backstory. I mean, yeah. nobody really cares what you know, but they want to know, well, why do you do what you do? Why are you so passionate about helping businesses you know, get their dream business? And, and when they get to know you, then they, they can self-select like, oh my gosh, that guy, that girl, that woman, she can help me, you know? And so um, I think there's that reason. But I also think I would say, too, it's not about a book. It is about your story and just connecting. And, and it just enables you to, to have open doors that maybe you couldn't open if you didn't have a book. Yeah. And, and you know what? One of the things I also um, tell my own, my own clients and my audience, it is, it is media that you own, right? Mm -hmm. Th this is media, right? You control mm -hmm. the message. You control how it's distributed beyond some of the normal channels. Yep. You, you control what it sells for, et cetera. You control if you go out and do interviews to promote the book. Mm -hmm. um, nobody can change the what's in your book. So it is media that you own. And it is also a form of content marketing, right? Oh my gosh, totally. I mean, it's a one, I mean, Jeff Herring, he's, he's always on here. I'm sure he's on here right now, but Jeff's a, a, a really a content marketing strategist. And let me tell you something. One, the other, that's one of the big reasons when I tell people to write a book, you're going to have blog posts out the wazoo for yes. decades because yes. it's all there. And if you have any desire to really build your brand, podcasting is one of the best ways to do it. I was on a, a, a summit, a podcasting summit, and there was a gentleman on there that has a huge audience. And he was saying his guests, he will only bring on authors because it makes it easy for him when he's doing the interviewing literally just opening up the, the table of contents. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's not only is content that you can repurpose, it's also this opportunity to, you know, build, get to bigger platforms and build that, that credibility. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And I know you've been to my events and you've spoken yeah. at my events and I know you've heard me say this, but the power of the positioning that you get with a book you have to have a really, really crappy book to do damage yeah. to the authority well, and the presence you get because, hey, you're a published author. Right. I joke about it, but it's so true. Truly, you know, people who are well-respected authors and who are getting paid, you know, great money to be on big stages, chances are good the people that are hiring them or even the people in the audience that are impressed are, haven't even read the book. So the fact right. is they're getting that credibility. I call it the, you know, the power of authority. They're getting it not because of the content of the book. It's because they are a published author. Now yes. you and I both are the type of people you do things. If you're going to do something, you better do it right. So yep. you still have to have it done right. But to your point, there's, yeah, it, it's about being published. You know, the interesting thing many years ago, my, my wonderful um, editor, Ann uh, Dietrich said to me, um, we have to rearrange all the content. This is like one of my first books because a lot of people never make it past the first one third. Now it's true. I, what you say, some, I mean, sometimes you'll see people, here's my to be read pile. And it's like about a hundred books. Yes. So the chance of them reading all those is slim to none, but they bought, but they, then they bought your book. They know you're an author, but if they do tear into the book and I started thinking about this, cause I, there was a time before I lived in the boat and fall asleep t terribly early now. Um, there was a time when I used to read like tons and tons and tons and tons of books. And interestingly enough, <clears throat> mostly business books, I'd be reading a book. And as soon as I come across like a big nugget, like aha moment, I'm like, okay, there's one. Oh, there's two. Let me get on to the next book. Yeah. It's like, for some reason, that's, I don't, I don't think I'm wired that uniquely that I, I've got what I need from this book. Let me yes. get on to the next one. Yes. Yes. And that's one of the reasons too, why I think a smaller book is actually not a bad thing. I mean, you know, I do the, I loved 
to have little business card books, right? It's just enough to get somebody to to recognize you as the authority. But honestly, it's not the, the, the content. So even, and if you're going to do a full book, but keep it small enough. My rule of thumb, if I can read a book from Dallas to anywhere, like on the West Coast or the East Coast, and if I can read a book in one flight, that's a yep. good book. That's a good book for me. <laughs> yeah. My early books were like 200 pages. The sixth, the last book I wrote, yeah. Just Say Yes, is 100 pages. And actually, most of the books that I'm helping my own clients write are, yep. I say, 60 to 80 pages. Yep. If it can be read in one sitting, two at the most, you got a good chance they're going to read it. So you mentioned something called the power of authority. Um, how does that work? Uh I always got to give my buddy, Phil Brakefield, you know him, <laughs> he's just yeah. wired. That is true. That is true. <laughs> and I, I won't tell you what I'm wired on right now, but I am wired. No. Um, so how is the power of authority? Let's just start with your own business. And then I'm curious as to how you work with, with your own clients, because you and I kind of do similar things. <laughs> so how has the power of authority worked in your own business, Michelle? And then let's maybe share some of the... Um, stories of how you help people. So when I think of authority, it's not necessarily that you're bigger, better or anything like that. It's just that authority is influence. And that means that people want to hear what you have to say. And there's also a play on words, right? You can't spell authority without author. So it's one of the ways. It's not oh, the only wait, wait, what? You can't say that again. I love that. Um, you can't. And that's why I titled it. You can't spell whoops, authority without author. Oh my God. See, boom. <laughs> that's pretty good right there. I wish I had some fireworks in the background. <laughs> Well, but, but the point is, is though, so if you're looking for a way to have influence and influence is making an impact in somebody's life, then it's it's just one of the ways to get someone's attention. And in social media and in everything we do, you know, there's a lot of noise. And so to to give yourself that that leg up. So that's one of the ways. Um, but I look back to my own my own story. I didn't intend to really um, I had hoped possibly at some point, but I didn't intend to start a business of speaking and training and doing all the things I'm doing. But the book is what opened up those opportunities. So it's why I'm so passionate um, about helping people. But at the end of the day, I, it's not all about the book for me. And, and it's really more of like, well, what can you do with your story? So maybe do a podcast, do this, do this, but it's not just one. It's you got to look at all of it, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, why do we want to be at the authority and have influence? It's to make an impact. It's to make a difference. All right, Michelle, um, think of maybe the last, you know, somewhere in the last six months or a year, I'm sure that and you help a lot of people become self-published authors. One or two stories probably stick out to you where like your, like your own book really led to a whole new career. Yeah. Can you, can you think of one like that? Wow. Yeah. I can think of several actually. The, the one though that I love to tell is um, a doctor in a small town in Idaho and he very, you know, successful practice, but kind of in the middle of nowhere. And he wrote, uh, we've, we've done a couple books for him, but the first book he did, he said, uh, literally uh, the best ROI he's ever had in any marketing initiative and that the return was, uh, he says over seven figures. So, but here's why he was already reputable, but a lot of times when, so for a client to, or a patient to come to him, instead of him saying, here's what I'm going to do, here's how I'm going to treat you. Here's why you should work with me. Here's why you're going to be paying me X amount over the next several months for me to do this treatment program. He would literally slide that book across the table and say, go to chapter eight, read Shelly's oh story, read how we got rid of her because he was kind of a holistic or he is a holistic doctor. Yes. And he said that instantly. It was kind of like, oh, well, he must be the guy. He's written the book on it. And and uh, look at all these case studies. I'm in. And he said that's what I mean, he was extremely successful before the book. Let me be clear. 
but that's really is in terms of he looked at it as marketing and it was the best. Uh, that is so awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my one of my current VIP clients, Dr. Merrick, he's a doctor in California and uh, we're about 80 percent done with his book. And I'm, I'm telling him all the stuff you're saying. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to I know he always uh, is working during this show. Yeah. So I'm going to make sure he watches the, the replay. Dr. Merrick replay what you just listened to. (laughs) All right, Michelle, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, I might come back to this because I think being an author is so doggone important. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the other special talent you have, as I I mentioned in the intro, you are known as America's productivity coach. So, I mean, you just managed to get a lot of stuff done, right? So how do Uh, do you, no, you don't do that anymore? (laughs) So, well, here have you ever heard have you ever heard that you 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 teach that which you need to know most? Got it. <laughs> it's like you know the cobbler's kids have the, the worst shoes, yeah. right? So well, anyway, the backstory we'll on other people. How do you help busy, time-starved small business owners juggle from juggling too many things? And how do you help them overcome procrastination? Basically, how do you help them get more done in their business? Yeah. So my second book that I wrote was called Busy Being Busy, But Getting Nothing Done. And it was all about that. And and, and the reason I ended up doing that book was not necessarily because I I was a productivity expert, quote unquote, yet. But when I started my business and my first book was a success, I started, you know, I was very, very busy speaking and I still had my other job at, at the beginning. So I had to figure out, and I had kids in elementary school, I had to figure out a way to manage my time. So I became a student of time management and productivity, procrastination. And I literally just started gathering all of this data that, that was really initially for me. If, and, if I can interrupt you without tra- losing your train of thought. So who were some of your early teachers in productivity? Like who oh, you said you're taking it all in. Who, who were some of those mentors? Oh my gosh, Brian, well, you know, some of the old books, even like Brian Tracy, obviously every, there's so much that Zig did. Yes. Um, there was this great book. Um, it will come to me, the, the myth of multitasking by, it, it's going to come to me. Wow, I'm impressed you remember the title. It's been a while, but that was really, really good. But but it was but it was really eye opening to me. And and then you know just implementing some of the things I already knew, but I just maybe wasn't doing. So right. that is really. But but in that span, I actually had um, I was a part of an organization at the time, and the reason that title came about was because uh, they had me go back and look at all the things that I had accomplished over the last twelve months, and I literally accomplished more in a twelve month period when I was starting my business than a lot of people do in five years. And so it, it, it was what started that. But truthfully, you know, I, I use that. I was doing a lot of corporate training and speaking. So productivity is something I think we all struggle with, procrastination. Yes. So I was just sharing my own stories of, you know, what I'm doing to try to help get over my own procrastination. You know, when I, um, I knew, of course, you know, I went to some of the same conferences you went to mm-hmm. early on. So I knew the power of being an author and I dragged my heels, honestly, because, as I sometimes kid my own self, I barely passed eighth grade English. So how how did I want to put my own name on a book when mm-hmm. people could see I'm very, very challenged putting two sentences together, yeah. right? And but then I finally gave in. Um, <clears throat> but the but the problem was I, I never pulled the trigger, right? Mm-hmm. I was always I, I and I think you mentioned people don't get done or they drag their heels. And mm-hmm. so when I when I was um writing that book, I said, okay, Jim, now you're going to write the book. And I would schedule time, right? Of course, yes. I, I was in a home office and um, otherwise known as my old dining room. That was my <laughs> home office. <laughs> and um, so I said, okay, from, from, you know, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., I'm going to write for two hours. And then mm-hmm. I'd sit down at 8 a.m. I go, well, 
I might as well put a load of laundry in so it'll do it while I'm writing. So I put a load of laundry in. Then I said, I can't leave those dirty dishes. So I just wipe those up real quick. And then I thought, wait, is that the mail truck? So I'd go out and see the mail. <laughs> and on the way to the mail, I'd look at my car and say, oh, a bird crapped on my car. So I'd go in and get the, I, I would do anything not to sit there oh, and write that book. Yes. And thank God my first book was a tremendous boon to my business because that made me <laughs> want to do a second one. And yes. then the second one worked. I did a third one and it kept building. But, you know, we we really do put off what we don't like to do, even if we know there's a benefit. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some kind of wiring that's screwed up in my brain, but probably similar oh. to other entrepreneurs, right? All of us. In fact, you know, if you think about it, the things you procrastinate on the most typically are the things that are going to make you happier Mm. healthier, make you more money, you know, have better relationships. But yet those are the things that we put off. I, I don't know the answer to that, but it, it's, it's, it's kind of universal. And so when we, when you recognize that and start to realize, and you know, at the end of the day, what is time management, procrastination, overcoming that? It's all about realizing we do not have a finite amount of time. We have an expiration date and what are you going to do with it? And I'll, one last thing I'll say about productivity and why I really got passionate about it is we had a death in the family. Um, not long before that, very tragically. And it was very, very, very clear how short life is. And we don't have time to waste. So That's whatever right. that dream is, now is the time to do it. And I dreamt of writing a book. There you go. I don't, I don't know who that person is because their picture didn't show up for some reason. But we just uh, have to. All right. Now you got three books. In the book. so, awesome. and, and no offense. This is probably probably good that I don't see your face. But everybody, most of the business owners that I've known and worked with, I've got a book in me. I've started my book, but it's like forever. So don't even get three done, get one done, one get done. one book because three seems probably very monumental right now. Anyway, we're, this is- And did you know Zig Ziglar would always say that everybody has at least one book in them. And in his last couple of years, and I was with him many times when he did this, he did it actually at one of Bob's events. Um, he said that he would ask everyone, have you written your book? Have you written your book? And the eyes would be like, I would never write a book. And he's like, everyone has a story, get your story out there. Yeah, my first book, The Magic of Newsletter Marketing, um, came out about two years after I launched No Hassle Newsletters. Okay. And that book, and then me speaking on that topic mm -hmm. all over the place, easily that minimum was 300, maybe more, $400,000 because yeah. of all the new clients it was bringing. If you, if you, if you, if you're, if you're a business owner and you do not have a book, you are really selling yourself short. Totally um, so how do you, how do you, brand or monetize a message because that's really what a book does right mm -hmm. and and you you're also a very very good speaker so how do you monetize your message you know i there's a couple ways speaking has always been my go to i love to speak and i enjoy it and and there's there's an opportunity there because there's people out there that need to hear what you have and those people may not go looking for your book. So that's an opportunity. Coaching, you know, I know you know all about this and I know you talk about this a lot and th there's such a need there. You're a strong, that's more like definitely more your strength. Um, I enjoy the, the I, I enjoy more the, the speaking front. I love podcasting. I think podcasting yeah. is if you're not doing that, you don't have to have your own show. I mean, I think it's, it's important if you really want to have a big brand, but honestly, it's, it's, if you have content that you believe is going to help someone personally or professionally, it has to get in a book. It has to get on a podcast, put it in a blog, put it on social media. If it's truly beneficial, don't hold it to yourself, you know? Right. So let's say that um, you and I have done a great job here and we've inspired at least one person yes. to write their book. What would be a good first step? I know you, you help people like take that first step and, and beyond, but yeah. so what's the first thing? 
they well, should be doing. You have to figure out, well, what's your story? What are you going to write about? And this is one of the things I do love to do. I mean, publishing is, you know, that that's all part of it. But the public, the, the story is the first part. And there's this exercise that, that I teach our authors of figuring out, well, looking at your passions, you know, I do believe passion is a clue. I think it's a clue to your purpose. I happen to believe we've not been given a purpose in life that we're going to hate. So passion is closely tied to something more than likely, but it's also a reason why it has to be in your book because books are the first and easiest things to put on the back burner. So if you don't have that passion driving it, it's probably yeah. not going to get done, but then also looking at your experiences and not just work experience, not just what your business is, what other life experiences. Again, we want to know, we, we want to do business and connect with people on the human level, not just on the business level. So sharing your backstory of why did you decide to be a real estate agent? Why did you decide to start a services business? What's real? What's really the mo mission and the mo? You know, I always tell people try to create a movement. People want to get behind a movement. They don't want to necessarily get behind a business or a book. They just want to get behind what 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 are you trying to accomplish in the world? And right. so those are just some of the ways. But you got to figure out your topic first. So blank page syndrome, right? Um, mm -hmm. there's, there's, I mean, that's really what holds a lot of people back. Um, <clears throat> have you ever had that? Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? I've actually, <laughs> I've done so many books now. Um, and, and most of those came out so quickly. I've been working on a book for over two years now. And it's not that the content is difficult for whatever reason. It's just, there's times though that I'm just like, oh, what's next, but I'm going to, and I had to start giving myself the, the same advice I was giving to others is stop thinking about writing a book because that can be overwhelming. It could be, you know, all these self-limiting thoughts come in. S pretend and put yourself in an environment where you're sitting across the table from somebody you care about so much. It could be your best friend. It could be your business partner, your son, your daughter, spouse, whoever. And they come to you and they say, Jim, I, I'm, I'm really hurt. I, I'm in a bad place and I'm about to lose everything. If my business doesn't succeed in the next 90 days, I've got nothing and I'll lose my wife. You know, they come to you with all these problems. And you, right. with the heart that you have that I know, you wouldn't hesitate to share everything you know to help me to, okay, how do you get a business going? What are the first things? First you do this, then you do this, right? That's how you write a book. You come from the perspective of what is it you know so well, personally or professionally, that you just you're, you could do it in a, in a, on a song, you know, just by somebody asking you. That's one of the easiest ways to start and write a book. And you know what? If you can't sit down and write because of a blank page, jump on a podcast, jump on a Zoom call, jump on your phone and just start recording. Yeah, that's that's really good. And you know what? you just described what I call extreme motivation. So if you can't motivate yourself to do it, <clears throat> to me, extreme motivation is I, my, my total belief is that people will do something for other people more than they'll do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. So if, if there's a person or, or people or a family or a church or a nonprofit, whatever, and you can help them with what you do, even if you knew, well, if I do this, I'll help myself grow, but yeah. we're more likely to do it for other people. And that's what I call extreme motivation. That's usually what gets people into action. And what you, the little example you just gave there, um, is pretty true. So, because I do believe somebody's life will be changed, mm -hmm. at least one person. I got an email today from somebody I do not know who uh, read the first chapter of my book, Decide, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and she went on to tell me how, how much it impacted her and her husband and things mm -hmm. like that. And I was like, oh my gosh. And she actually, she actually was talking about how Again, me being inspired by Zig, I'm not afraid to talk about my faith. You know, yes. it's not, I don't put chapters about it, but I'm not afraid, you know, right. just 
say I'm a man of faith. I'm a believer. So, um, but she said that really had, and I'm like, wow. I mean, wow. decide's been out for what seven years now. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was the anyway. first. That was the first event that I came up here to yours is when you were launching that book. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, so I'm going to go a couple minutes long just because um, it, this is such a great. You're you're okay, or do you have another oh, one? That, I'm great. I'm I good. didn't even ask you if you'd go long. But <laughs> I'm okay. out. I'm out. Yeah, Gotta all go. of a sudden Jim says we're going long, and boom, Michelle goes dark. So two of my favorite speakers, no doubt. At at my, I did eight Dream Business Academy events. Um, you and and Melanie Benson, oh, and both of you guys, because you're friends and I admire you so much. Otherwise I'd say these two women are such great speakers. They're making me look bad. <laughs> so no, no, you brought, you are such an amazing speaker. Did you, was that natural to you? Is it just like your gift or did you have to study that or? You know, it's funny. And I, uh, sometimes you overlook the things that, and I'm, you know, guy, God does give us gifts and, and things and strengths and you don't, you don't see them sometimes. And I'll never forget. This is before I wrote my book, before I started my business, I was at a live event with one of my high my college friends and we were at this huge arena and there was, you know, I don't know, 50,000 people there. And the speakers were in the center, motivating and inspiring people. And I looked to my friend and I said, Oh my gosh, wouldn't you love to be a speaker at one of these events? And she looked at me with sheer terror. And she said, Michelle, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to stand on that stage in front of all wow. these people, let alone open my mouth. And that was the beginning of like, huh, well, maybe that is one of my, my gifts, my talents, but no, so I never, you were really fearless back then. Even that's just something you knew you could do. No, I didn't know I could do it. I just had this, I don't know. I just had this feeling like I, I wanted to. And okay. I, and I have always been an encourager and a motivator. I mean, that's one of my, my strengths, I guess. But I, I never really, I wasn't in Toastmasters. I will tell you, I'm not a perfect speaker. And certainly I, I probably make Toastmasters people cringe. But I, I, I do speak from the heart and I do my best to be authentic. And so I think that you know, if you just put yourself out there and, and get over yourself, and if you're really there with the intention to help others, that will seep out way more than a gift of speaking perfectly. Yeah. I was checking out um, your website. I haven't been there in a while, but I was checking it out today in preparation for this amazing interview. And one of your blog posts, by the way, you got a very nice blog, lots of good Thank stuff you. there. But one of the blog posts was how to give a talk with confidence, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you, it's, it's, I think it's interesting. I didn't know that about you, but you just, you didn't have to, you did not have to overcome that. You know what oh, Seinfeld, no. Seinfeld says, right? Most people would rather be in the box and up, you know, yeah. given the eulogy. Let me, let me clarify that. I, okay. I, I felt this, I knew that it was going to be, I wanted to do it, but I was fearful. I remember taking a communications class in college and literally like <clears throat> just sick to my stomach, you know, having to speak in front of a group. So, but I, but, but as I, when I started speaking, I would always remember something that Zig said about um, being nervous. And he actually would get a little nervous even when he spoke. Not be, More excitement than nerves. But he yeah. said he kind of would compare it to it's kind of like a thoroughbred right before they're about to go out for a race. You know, when they're in the stall, they're getting a little high anxiety. The nerves yeah. are all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But as soon as that gate opens, they're off to the races. Whereas, you know. A donkey or a mule, they're in the stall and they're just kind of like, well, whatever, you know, who do you want to be? Do you want to be the thoroughbred or do you want to be the mule? So having a little nerve, nervous energy is not a bad thing. And I still get it, but it's not necessarily because I care what people think as much as I just want to make sure that, you know, I was, I do say a prayer every time, like, you know, let, let there be that one person that yes. I'm here for to hear what it is I'm supposed to say. 
you know, so um, about an hour ago, I was uh, meeting with one of my clients and um, talking about speaking, uh, interestingly enough. And I shared a story because most people know if you read my books or know me, I was petrified of speaking, but I overcame that. Turns out I'm a pretty good speaker, not yeah. Michelle Prince quality, oh, but, please. I can, <laughs> but I can I can light up the stage pretty good. Well, one of my early speeches, and this was back in my newsletter guru days. So I had a caricature. First, I had a caricature, kind of, I don't know, 2009 or 10. It was. Um, I remember it. Yeah, it was a thing to have a character. And then as I my um, courage and chutzpah started growing a little bit, I had a newsletter guru caricature with the shirt rip being ripped open and said NG, kind of like Superman. Yes, I remember and I had, that. Yeah, and I had the and I actually had a cape flowing. I had this mm -hmm. little gif going. And um it said uh newsletter guru, saving small business one newsletter at a time. It's kind of my tagline. So whenever I'm speaking, so here I am at this event. It was one of these meeting rooms, kind of like, like a bowling alley. And I'm standing in the back and he put my slide up with this. And um, I'm in the zone like you. I'm like saying a quick prayer, please. You know, blah, 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 blah. I, <laughs> I know it's going to be the best talk I ever gave. I'm doing all my little self-talk. And a guy walks up to me, touches my shoulder and goes, I find that cartoon of you very disturbing. <laughs> Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm usually not confrontational. I looked at him. I said, go sit down. And, and, and then I went up and I delivered my talk and it worked pretty well, but it's funny how we can get thrown off. Right. Mm -hmm. But now, <laughs> I, oh, I, now Phil used to be a roadie for all these amazing oh, acts. And he said, everybody got nervous before they went to every performance, mm -hmm. including Phil. When he types a comment on my, on my uh, broadcast, he gets a little nervous, <laughs> but <laughs> I love that. Okay, Michelle, I got one more question, then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up this fun fest. So do you have any tips for people who do write a book? Most people obviously are going to get published on Amazon. Do you have any tips on how to get noticed or, you know, how to, how to get your book into the hands of more people? Yeah. So it's, you know, and it's changed and evolved so much over the last 12 years or so I've been doing this that it's now I would say it's more about getting your message out to there to bigger audiences. And there's two yep. ways to do that. You can build your own audience, which of course you, you know, we believe you should do. However, that may take longer. It's one of the reasons why though, I love podcasting. And so if you have a book, you should be doing a book blog tour or a book, a book podcast tour to some degree, you know, getting it out there. Now, again, it's got, it can't be self-seeking. It can't just be to promote you. Everything you do when you go on somebody else's show is to provide valuable content to their audience. So if you truly, truly believe that what you put in your book is valuable, then find those people who have audiences that, that can do that. And that's one of the, the easiest ways to just get the buzz going. At the end of the day, if your book's, you know, not good, it doesn't, you know, you, you have to have something to fall back on. Um, I, you know, I'm still a believer of speaking, even, even with the things that have shifted through the last couple of years, but there are people out there looking for in your community right now, there are community organizations and associations. There's people out there that you can go provide your service to. And don't be afraid to do it for free in the beginning. Um, if you really love, I go back to, if you really believe and love the content of your book, then you should have no problem going and sharing that content for 45 minutes with a local rotary club for free, you know? Yes, absolutely. Um, but what happens is it's not just that it's, it's little bit word of mouth, right? Consistency, branding, all the things that you teach. And over time that snowball, you know, starts rolling and rolling. So I don't want to sound like the old curmudgeon who says, oh, yeah, I used to walk 10 miles to school uphill in the snow. But, you know, I did too. <laughs> today, I mean, people today, you, you self-publish, boom, mm -hmm. print on demand. So you yeah. launch your book, people order one from Amazon, it prints and they ship. 
My first two books, uh, The Magic of Newsletter Marketing and Stick Like Glue, it might have actually been the first three. This was before the self-publishing. And so you really had to, I had to place an order. I had to think, how well is this book going to do? I think I ordered mm -hmm. 3,000, the first printing, wow. 3,000 books of The Magic of Newsletter Marketing. So all of a sudden a truck shows up and these books are now in my garage. And those books, I don't know if they're 50 or 75 or 100 to a box. That's a lot. That's a lot. the wall of my garage. <laughs> So yeah, I had to get out there and push that book. So anyway, oh, you old grandfather, you. Um, no, it's not that long ago. That's the funny thing. It's really not. <laughs> oh gosh. So Michelle, I knew this was going to be a great interview. You really delivered some amazing, um, amazing uh, nuggets and strategies. I know you inspired a few people here, um, and it's just been a real joy and a treat to have you on um, Dream Business Radio. Thank you so much. Oh, Jim, thank you so much. How can people connect with you? I'm guessing it's michelleprince.com, or is there some secret place you want them to go? Oh, yeah, my secret place. No, I Prince, or Prince, <laughs> performancepublishinggroup.com or michelleprince.com, or really find me on social media. I'd love to help. And Prince Performance anyway. Publishing? Oh, no, Performance Publishing Group. Oh, perform that's a cool name, Performance Publishing Group. Wow, I like that a lot. You know, I'm a Thank name you. guy. That that's a good name. Of course, Thank Michelle you. Prince isn't half bad either. Thank Prince you so performance much. Performance is my core business. And so yeah. There so you go. <laughs> All right, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview. Yes, give it a thumbs up, give it a like, give it a comment. If you're watching on the replay, uh, do a hashtag replay just so we know. Um, I highly recommend you connect with Michelle Prince. As you've seen in the last half hour, she she really knows her stuff and she loves serving and, and making a difference. You can connect with me at getjimpalmer.com. If you're interested in joining myself and about 28 other smart entrepreneurs in the Dream Business Mastermind, that is dreambizcoaching.com. Next week, my special guest is Diamond Bill Warren, who's a phenomenal marketer. He's a, a retail genius. He's doing amazing things. Diamond Bill Warren will be my guest next week. Remember, you can get free digital copies of all my books. It's only two. I, the rest are packed away. Um, all my books at Amazon, Kindle Books, Barnes & Noble, as Nook Books, and the iBookstore, all for free. So you can continue this great education, and I can still work three days a week. So I love that. So until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer. I am the Dream Business Coach. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. <laughs> See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.